All right, Rabotai, welcome. <coughs> so we're in Parashat Shofetim. It's Erev Shabbat, the time is short. And therefore, we'll try to go through some of the, uh, the relevant uh, items <coughs> in the Parashat. Parashat is loaded. A lot of mitzvot. And uh, we'll try to go through, uh, go through some of them with the, uh, with the Mefarshim. So the first, the first piece, <coughs> let's go to Perek Tet Zayin, Pasuchap Aleph. Lo tita lecha ashera, kol etz. So we're not allowed to plant an ashera, an ashera is a tree that uh, they use for avodah zarah. <coughs> or for that matter, kol etz. I mean, any tree for that matter. So you're not allowed to plant trees <coughs> next to the Mizbeah. Rashi says it's a lab. Which is uh, an amazing thing here. The Torah is telling us that although... You know, it's a nice thing to plant trees. You go to the uh, the JNF, uh, Jewish. Jewish National Fund. Wow, and, that's uh, Mac and David. Mac and David for two dollars, you plant a tree. <laughs> but uh, that's uh, you know that's in the forest somewhere. But you can't now allowed to plant trees on uh, next to the Beit Hamikdash, next to the Mizbeah. And the question obviously is why? What's, what's the suit in that? I mean, forget about the Asherah tree. The Asherah tree is forbidden probably to plant anywhere. Let's put that on the side. But the Torah says Kol Etz. Well, it also means any tree for that matter. And the question is, you know, why? So the Gemara recognized this problem. And the Gemara came along and asks a question. The Gemara says, in the beginning of the parasha, we're talking about Shofetim v'shotirim, judges. And now all of a sudden we're going to talk about uh, trees and, uh, and uh, Asherah. So the Gemara comes along and says, is to come and teach you that anybody that appoints a corrupt judge... It's like he planted a uh, asherah uh, next to the Mizbeah. And therefore, the Gemara sees some sort of connection between a bad judge and a tree. We wouldn't have compared a bad judge to a tree. We would have said, anybody that appoints a bad judge, uh, you know, you're corrupt, you're, uh, you're perverted. But he says, no, the reason why he puts the tree next to the judge to come along and say that... Uh, if you appoint a bad judge, a bad shofet, it'll be considered as if you planted an asherah. And our question is, of course, first of all, what's the big crime to plant a tree next to the Mizbeah? And what's the connection between bad judges and uh, the tree? That's, uh, that's the question. It's not my question. It's the Meshach Chochmah. has a big offering here in the beginning of the Perashah to try to uh, unravel this. Now, whenever... I'm learning this class, uh, the mother of one of our long-standing members, Mr. Joe Chira, and the Oster's mom, she was a great, a great lady, a wife of the Chira, Alav Alba Shalom, and therefore the Shi'ud is... Uh, Amen. What was the Gemara? The Gemara said that. Amen. So the Meshach uh, starts to discuss the inyan of korbanot in general, the purpose of the Mizbeah. Now, don't let anybody kid you, it's not an easy concept, korbanot, to try to explain what exactly it does, what is exactly. All these details of slaughtering an animal, receiving its blood, sprinkling, and all the different, uh, you know, uh, uh, laws that apply. Not so easy to understand the inyan of the korbanot. And the rabbis say, Haram understands it, it's a, it's a fence against Abu Dazarak, because the Guim used to do korbanot. So therefore, you know, we have to do it our way. So we don't go to, you know, we might get drawn into doing it their way, so therefore... Torah says, no, do it this way, and that's considered, you know, kosher korban. And the Kabbalah has an understanding that the korbanot connect to olamot. 
There's different olamot, and it you know it, it connects the pipes, so the shefa can uh, can come down. But one thing is very clear, and this is something that you must know, and it's a very important hashkafa, is that there's a fundamental difference in what korban means to us than what korban means to the goyim. Because the goyim brought korbanot as well. That's what Imam said. It was a practice of Abu Dazarat to bring korbanot to their gods. Now, why would the goy bring a korban to their god? What was he trying to do? So, the goy brings the korban to the forces of nature. To the sun, to the moon, to the celestial bodies. Mm-hmm. And what are they Both. trying to do? Okay, what was exactly... The purpose. So, listen, they believe, and they're not wrong, that these are definitely forces. They're definitely forces. The Rambam writes that every, uh, every one of these stars has an angel that's, uh, uh, you know, behind it. And therefore, there's, there's definitely cohort. They're not God, obviously. And therefore, they believe that by bringing a korban in honor of a certain uh, deity, and a certain planet, so that gives that planet power, it gives it strength. You're uh, uh, feeding the feeding it, so to speak, so it can grow, and as a result, it will now benefit you because you benefited it. It's almost as if like you're uh, I'm not gonna say bribing, but you want, you want you want the forces to be on your side. So therefore, how do you get the forces to be on your side? You uh, you give them kawa. You give them kawa. Look at it as if. Uh, the Abu Dazara needs to eat. Right? So you go, you, you feed it. Who fed me? Now uh, I have power, so I get some back. So basically, they're feeding their Abu Dazara in order to, not in the physical sense, obviously, there's a spiritual item they believe that they're doing, whatever their rituals are. The Rav's Lashon uh, over here is, just so you hear it, where he says, and I quote, <coughs> He says, "Kihem of dim na mazalot bekohot mufshatim beopin shayu mosifim nahem kawah b'shefa." The purpose of the dream is to be to add kawah and influence to them. Ve'avurze b'shvil hanaotam otam bekorbanotehem because you benefited them with their korban, so therefore they will return you uh, a favor instead. The Rab says, "That's them." Now get that clear because that is. The antithesis, that's a $10 word. That means that is the, the exact polar opposite of what we're doing. God does not need the korban. Get that clear? God does not need to be fed. God does not need any, we're not giving God any power. We're not charging God up. We're not giving him any kohot. God is uh, the creator of all powers and the source of all. And therefore, there's no need for the korban for God, if anything, the Qur'an is for us. It's only for us. Zero, zero for God. Uh, that's why the Rav writes, amazing, that throughout the book of Vayikra, wherever you're going to see the Torah talks about Qur'anot, it'll never use the Shem Elohim. Elohim is never used by Qur'an. You'll never see the word El used by Qur'an. Why? Because what do those words mean? That refers to God as mighty. El is the mighty one. Like even in the, in, in the, in the secular form of El, Eleha Aris, the strong ones of the land. Elohim in the secular term is a judge. Because he is powerful. He has power. And therefore, why says the Mishra of Mah, we don't use those terminologies? Because that would be a pitchonpe, that would give an opening to the apikorsim to say, you see, just like we're feeding and giving power, so therefore Boreolam needs some, uh, some kawa. You know, so a, strong, a strong one needs the, the, the power. So therefore we don't want to give that misinterpretation that we are feeding the powerful one that needs more energies in order that he should uh, give back to us. Therefore the Torah only will use Yudke Vatke. Right. Very good. That's what exactly why that's, that's exactly what he says. Why those those terms are used by the goyim, and by us it's only used yudke vatke. What does yudke vatke mean? The mehaveh kol, the one that created everything, that all the kohot come from God, the one that needs nothing, and therefore the hayah the eternal one, and therefore 
yeah. specifically by Korbanot Yudke Babke is used to say, what do you give someone that is the source of everything? He doesn't need anything. Therefore, not, not, to, not, to, not, not, not to fall into the trap to say, oh, we're bringing a Korban to the strong one. Oh, to the strong one, because we want to give him more strength. Where does he get his strength from? He gets his strength from us. And therefore we got to, no, that's not the case. We're giving it to the Yud Kevavke, who's the Mehaveh, the one that created everything and did everything, and the source of everything, and therefore the Qurban has nothing to do with any of God's needs. Look, says that's why in, in the creation of the world we have uh, two types of elements. We have what's called Domem. Domem is the inanimate object, like a rock. And then you have what's called Somea. Somea is the things that grow, like a tree. Grass. Big difference between a rock and a tree. I, I know you're the obvious differences. A rock is a rock and a tree is a tree. <laughs> but there's differences in its features. A rock does not grow. A rock is what it is. And if it does grow, it doesn't grow from within. It's just some dirt just piles on it and eventually gets stuck on it and then becomes a bigger rock. But it doesn't grow from from within. You don't water a rock. You don't feed a rock. I mean, many years ago, they used to have pet rocks. Somebody, somebody had a good idea. Chia. That's a chia pet, no? Yeah. I'm talking about rocks. Right. But many years ago, when I was a kid, some guy figured out, yeah, pet rock, he was selling rocks. And, you, know, you put your name on it, and then people were collecting them. The guy made millions of dollars over it. Anyway, but the rocks don't grow. A tree, on the other hand, a tree becomes a bigger tree. Fertilize it, you take care of it, and all of a sudden you see it growing and growing and growing and growing. Says Meshachokma, in the in the in the mashal to our understanding of Korban and to the Guim's understanding of Korban. To the Guim, Korban is more like a tree. You need to give it koa, you need to, to grow it, you need to develop it. To us, it's a rock. God does not need anything. Suri Israel, God is the rock of Israel. It doesn't need to make it better. It, it, it is what it is. And that's why he says specifically the Mizbeah is made out of which of the elements? Rock. Mizbah Abanim Ta'aselach. Why Mizbah Abanim? Because it's the most uh, durable of, of items? No. It's because the rock cannot grow anymore. You, you, don't, you don't feed a rock. You don't give a rock more... Energy in order to make it. Therefore, but that's when you get to the Mizbeah, you say, oh, this is a rock of you. You're not feeding God. You're not giving God any more koa. Whereas the Guim, everything's about the tree. Today, that's why they worship the tree. Because that, that's their concept. You have to you give, give it, it koa. Exactly. Everything's feeding them, nourish them. And that's why he says the Mishra don't put the tree next to the Mizbeah. Because if you put the tree next to the Mizbeah, you're sending the wrong mess as if just like the tree needs to be fed and the tree needs to get koa. So we're doing so that would be like the signal what you're doing to God. And you're not doing that. You're not doing that. The Quran is for you and not for Hashem. Based on this, says Mr. Chokmah something amazing. He says that when one comes to serve in the capacity of a, of a judge, let's say, of a shofet. What should be his motivation? Uh, or we could say it you know, in more practical terms, when a person becomes a rabbi, what should motivate a person to become a rabbi? Honestly, nothing should motivate you. <laughs> That's what being a rabbi for so many years... Uh, now that's actually a, deterrent. Deterrent. a deterrent from becoming a But not, not, nonetheless, uh, right, that, that's the altruistic and idealistic reason. The reason is because you want to make a difference and you want to help and you want to serve and you want to you know, change people's lives to the better. But not everybody is so uh, you know, uh, uh, idealistic and so pure in their motivation. Uh, some people want to become judges because it's respectful. You ever see when the judge, walk, the judge walks into the court? Please rise. Please rise. That's nice over there. Everybody stands up for him. He gets to sit at the head of the table. Gets a good pension. If you work for the Supreme Court, 
after uh, 70 years old, or maybe even 60 years old, whatever the number is, that's it, you're on free pension for the rest of your life. And you make as much as you'd make... If you were there. If you were there. So that's, a, uh, uh, that's an amazing, uh, amazing job. I think Scalia said that when, when he was up for pension, so he decided to stay. So he says, and that is the silliest thing, which you disqualified me from becoming a judge, because why would I work for free? <laughs> I could stay home and, and his answer was, I can't find myself doing anything better that I oh, enjoy. That so part of it, that part He says, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy it too much. So even, even though if I would stay home, I would make the same money, but I, I go to work and I enjoy it. So therefore, yeah, there's money involved, there's kapod, and so on and so forth. Wow. Now that cannot be the motivation. Uh, the Gemara says, that a good judge is a shutaf, is a partner with God in the creation. What do they mean when they say that? That a judge who judges din emet na'aseh shutaf shel ha-kadosh baruch hu bereshit says the measure of Mount that just like when God created the world, he had no benefit for himself to create the world. God doesn't need the world to gain anything from it. Borei olam... Before the world, Hashem was just as much as a God before the mountains were created, before the seas, before the continents. The world does not make God uh, 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 any stronger or more powerful. And therefore, it's uh, totally the Shem Shamayim, totally for the sake of the people. That's needed. And therefore, a judge, his motivation should be nothing personal, nothing but to seek justice, to do the Shem Shemayim. And that's when he becomes a partner with God in creation. Because it shows that just like God is removed from any personal, personal benefit, so too the judge should have that same, you know, uh, pure motivation. And now says the Mishra we understand why a corrupt judge is compared to a tree next to it. Because it looks like the tree is taking, the tree is a taker, the tree needs to... So a judge that's doing it for ulterior motives, he's taking. He wants a benefit for himself. And therefore the Torah compares and juxtaposes these two parashiyot of the corrupt judge and the tree to come along and tell us the motivation of what a, a judge should be. I don't want anything for myself. Now, of course he has to take a salary to live, but he's not doing it for the money. I'm not doing it for the glory. He's a rock. He's a rock. And, put, and that's why, where is the Sanhedrin's office? Next to the Mizbayah. Why is Sanhedrin next to So they can see the rocks every day. You know? They see the rocks every day. Uh, um, that's, uh, that's the guy that went to, 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 the rabbi told him before he got married, he should go to the Kotel. And he told him, why? To pray so that get used to talking to a wall. <laughs> so, that's, therefore, that's the mission statement. Right. The rocks is the mission statement. Exactly. The rocks is the mission statement. Exactly. There's a difference. message in the rocks. It's not just for construction big purposes. Difference. There's a message in the big rocks. Big difference. The wife answers back, the wall doesn't. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Very good uh, insight. Thank Great you. observation. <laughs> How long did it take you to figure that okay, out? Okay, well, that's the first. That's the first. How long is he? That's the first. Okay, like now, now let's continue. Rabotai, let's continue. Now we move on. Yeah, that's a great piece. Great piece. Now we move on to another very, very that was uh, great. A difficult item here. Chapter 17, Pasuk 6. Okay. Yeah, which is going to be actually the theme of tomorrow morning's Dirash. But just to give you the, the Parshanut of it first. Prelude. This is the... the not, tomorrow's the Dirash, but this is just the... The sword. No. Pshat. Prelude. Exactly. Pshat. How to learn the Pesukim. Usually the Shabbat warning class, we don't spend too much time in the nitty-gritty of uh, being Doresh because it's too tactical for them. But in this class over here, we're it. able to do it. So it says, Al pi shnaim edim, o shlosha edim, yuma tamet. So, the laws of, of witnesses, testimony. So the Torah comes along and says, in Jewish law, you need to have two or three witnesses. And two witnesses is enough actually to give somebody uh, execution, to give some capital punishment. And the question obviously is, if two witnesses are already valid, yes. why would it have to come along and say three? three? I, mean, I, I mean, three cannot be worse than two. If you tell me that the threshold for testimony is two, so why does it not come along and say, I'll be shenayim edim shlosha edim. Now, two is minimum. I have to tell you that the Ibn Ezra quotes the Gaon, 
Not the Gaon de Vilna, obviously. The Ben Ezra, whenever he quotes the Gaon, he's referring to the Sadia Gaon. And the Ramban also quotes the Sadia. And what does the Sadia Gaon say to explain this Pasuk? And I'll quote it. He says, quoting the Ramban, Shinayim Edim. Oh, which means for two witnesses to be accepted, they got to testify in front of three, which is a Beddi. So therefore, he's reading the Pasuk. It's two different groups over here. The Shnayim is the Edim. So Api Shnayim Oshlosha. Which means whatever side of the bench you're looking at. Either you're looking at the Edim side, that's Shnayim. Looking at the bench... It's Shiloshah. And therefore he says, that's what we're talking about, that the two will only be valid if they give their testimony in front of the three. The three. Comes the Ramban, and he comes along and he says, I am very sorry, Rav Saadia. He says, Ve'en bekatuv kabalat edut. The Pasuka is not referring to Kabbalat Edut, the receiving of the testimony. We're talking about over here, the testimony. So where did Rav Sa'adiyah get all of a sudden that uh, we're talking about the receiving? Rak Edim. So he says, but my opinion on Rav Sa'adiyah must be, Aval kamdumeli sheta'a hagaon bedino. He says, I hate to tell you, but uh, he made a mistake. Why? He said, because even if you're going to squeeze it in with a wrench and say the two have to testify in front of the three, but read the pasuk, you matamet. We're talking about over capital punishment. There's no capital punishment in front of three witnesses, three betin. Capital punishment to get said that these you need 23. So everybody said, well, what are you talking about three over here? It's mamonot is three, not the nefashot. So he writes, Ki edut dine nefashot, lo tekubal rak nefnes sanhedrin shilasim v'shloja. And everybody says, I don't know, I, I, can't, I can't accept the Rapsadyan's uh, shot over there. So I, I did see the me'irine hakamim. The Rafa Ostrovcha has a pshat to, to miyashev the gaon. It's, it's technical and even too technical for us. But he has a way to, to say, to, to work it out. But then Amman says, I don't buy it. So then he offers his pshat. <coughs> What's the pshat of the Ramban? Very interesting pshat. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm talking about the pshat. Oh, what's the Because so that's a dirasha already. That's a I want pshat. I want pshat over here. I want shot first, but before you get to, to get, and that's why the Gemara has to be Doresh, because they find obviously a problem, but there's a shot here, it has to be a shot. So, uh, um, so he says over here, I mean, the Ramban starts with the Derash, and then after it means the Gemara, he says, Va'aderech hapshat. Aval peshuto shil mikra. What's peshuto shil mikra? In, in, in Taich, if you're in grade school, you're teaching this to kids. We're not getting the Gemara Makot, Tafheh. Yeah, two witnesses enough. When there's no more. Or but three Which means when the two witnesses come in to testify, the Beti comes along and says, Is that it? He said, no, 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 there was, there was actually another guy. He didn't show up here today, but there's another guy out there that also saw it. So says the Ramban, Yomara Katuv, Ka'asher hu gadleka v'shamalta tedrosha davar etev al pi kol ha'edim and imsa'im sham. If there's three, it's incumbent upon the Be'edim to find the third guy and bring him in. You can't just rely, the, the Be'edim must do their due diligence to the end of the, of the, of the degree. And therefore, they can't just say, well, we know there's a couple of guys out there that also saw it. We don't need them. We got two. No. If you're doing a responsible, you're going to kill somebody over here. And therefore, the more the better, because maybe you'll find steedot, contradictions, and stuff like that. And therefore, he says, If you heard that he transgressed in front of three, Betty's got to send after them. Send them a, send them a summons. Okay. 
Opinions you get on what happened, yitbarer ha'emet. The emet becomes better served when there's more people that are telling us what happened. More the investigation opens up. Okay, dai bishnayim. Two, two is the minimum. So the pasuk on the man is al pishnayim edim. But sometimes you need shelosha because if there is more witnesses, Rabbi's saying you got to bring them. That's a big hadush. What if he's a yeah. cut-off? You find the Gemara. Oh, fine, 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 fine. Of course, we'll ruin it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's basically saying you only have two. Yeah. Right. That's what we have two. But in the case we have more witnesses, the Rabban saying a big hadush, I don't know if it's lahalakha, but he's learning from this, uh, bring him in. And, and you can't just say, hey, we got two, leave us alone. We don't need an extra homework. Don't give us We already investigated, vetted the two witnesses. Leave us alone. That's exactly what the Rabban wants. The Rabban wants to create, you know, ways to break the testimony or strengthen the testimony. Whatever the laws are. Whatever the laws are. Oh, so you're saying another Hadusha. Well, we're going to see that. We're going to see something similar from the Gemara. So that's, so now we have two explanations of Piyam Shat. I saw... And if you don't find the third guy... Yeah, but two is enough. Two is enough. But it's just it's a, it's a new chiyuv on betin to bring as many witnesses as you could find to the case. And if you know that there's other witnesses out there, shlosha, do not rely on shnayim. Why? Just keep kibir right. Kibirova edut yitbarera emet. That's what I'm saying. We want ambiguity because it's a guy's life. With you, and if we, if we can punch a hole through these two witnesses with some other guys coming and say, oh, it really wasn't accurate. But before you testify, bring them yeah, bring, bring everybody. Exactly. Now, says the Kitab Kabbalah, another way of looking at it. Everybody looks at it so differently. So he says like this. He says he puts a premise out there. Obviously, we're talking about a guy over here who was a bad guy. He's a murderer. Bemezid we're talking about over That's the witnesses are testifying. This is Oven murdered Bemezid, which means what? We told them don't murder. He said, I don't care. We told them that if he murders, he's going to be Hayav, Mitat, Saif, whatever it is. And he said, I know, Afal Pichin. And he didn't it. So we're talking about, a, you know, this guy's a criminal, a federal, federal criminal over here, worst guy. So he says that uh, when a guy commits a crime, so, even the worst of criminals, I mean, you try to do it with the least people. Well, you, don't, you don't do a crime in broad daylight in front of, in front of everybody. I mean, uh, even the criminal has a certain ethics that you try to do it, uh, you know, discreetly. That's uh, just a general, general rule. Even the biggest ganabim. They look, by the way, what do, what do they do before they do it? They look both ways. They look both ways to see if anybody was watching them and they try to get away with it. So he says that... You might have thought, the Gemara says, when something is done in front of three people, and the laws of the Shonara, once something is done in front of three people, that's public knowledge. All rules of the Shonara are off. The rule of, what's the Shonara? Once it's done in front of three people? So you might have thought, when three people come along and say they saw something, they're lying. Because no guy's going to do such a crime in front of the three people. Oh, that's, that's public knowledge. Kabash oh. even when there's three people, Jeez. you believe them. <laughs> and you don't come along and say, ah, these guys are making, who, who, who would do such a heinous crime in front of so many, uh, so many eyes? <laughs> it's wow. the <laughs> so it's the opposite. The Hadush is even three is believed. Wow. That's <laughs> a different way of learning. <laughs> he <laughs> says, <laughs> to me, yeah, <laughs> to me that's the shot in the puzzle over there. Apishnayim, or afilu shlosha. Hadush is even shlosha. And don't assume that, oh, they can't be telling the truth because who's going to commit a murder in front of three people? That's the guy's out of his mind. Kamash Malan, three is believed. And if three is believed, then it doesn't matter how many is believed. That's a, that's a third, third way of learning it. Okay, that's, a, that's that. Okay. Now, now, let's go to Rashi. This is all we didn't even touch Rashi over here. We didn't touch Rashi. 
for whatever reason that she felt that the closest uh, uh, interpretation that will make sense in the pasuk, because she's trying to explain the pasuk to a third grader. So all these interpretations we said till now, you really got to thumb your way out of it. It's two in front of the betin. It's two, but if there's another guy, you bring him in. Okay, those are all uh, nice. Hadush is even three. So he already says, you know what? I'm going to the Gemara. The Gemara is glut. The Gemara is smooth. Gives us a nice mahalach in this over here. Gemara Makot, page five. It's a Mishnah, and uh, therefore have a good day. So let's read Rashi. Shnayim idimosh loshah. Im mitkayemet edut b'shnayim. Lama parat lechash loshah? Now question. If, if two already is enough, what do you need three? Lakish loshah l'shnayim. To come along and say that whatever rules apply to a group of two witnesses apply as well to a group of three witnesses. That witnesses are formed in groups. And therefore there's a law not on the individual witness, but there's law that apply to the group. And therefore, whatever applies to a group of two will apply to a group of three. And she gives an example. edut ahat. Two is considered one group, so three is considered one group. And what's the nafkamina? What does that mean? We have a law in this week's parasha called the law of edim zomimim. What is edim zomimim? Two other witnesses come in and they tell the witnesses that are there, you say that at 9 o'clock on Tuesday in Chicago, what are you talking about? You were with us in uh, in Atlanta. Michigan. Michigan, better. You were with us in Michigan. So therefore, uh, they're putting the witnesses in a different location. That's called Edim Zomimim. And the second witnesses are vetted, obviously, and they're proven to be telling the truth. So the Lord comes along and says (laughs) that... We punished the first group that was trying to convict an innocent guy. I mean, nothing happened in Chicago. They weren't even there. So they were trying to convict an innocent guy. So the law is, in Zomimim, the law doesn't apply until you convict the entire group. The second witnesses have to prove that both these witnesses were not in Chicago. If you just prove one of them and not the other, the law of Zomim does not apply. To, 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 to give the false witnesses the punishment that they were trying to invoke, they both have to be put in a different location. Why? Because Zomimim, you have to be Zomim, the group. So the Torah is saying, so if there's three, <laughs> you have to Mizamim all three. And if even if you made Hazama uh, uh, on two out of the three, well, if the whole group was a group of two, that's the group. But now the group is three, so the law of three is like the law of two, and therefore hazama applies equally when you only mezim the entire group. Hadush, got it? Beautiful. Now, a simple question that I'm asking on that sheet. Simple question, not of the law, the law is correct. Let, 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 let's read again from the beginning of the Rashid. It's a, if I was writing in a sheet, I would have changed one letter. That's it, one letter. I'm going to blow up the whole thing. Generally, it's, it's a good rashid. Why do you have to tell me three? To tell me that the group of three is like the group of two. Just like two is considered one group. So two, three. Then, no, I would have wrote, I would have said, She'en. Which you, you, now you're explaining me the nafkamina. She'en nasim zomimim ajya zomukulam. Vav sounds like it's something new. Ve'en, what do you mean ve'en? You can be one, one it's, it's one sentence. Since they are one entity, what comes out of that? She'en. Uh, ve'en means and. And, and, like, and sounds like you're telling me, I told you something already. You didn't tell me nothing yet, no, I told you already, it's one entity. Okay, but what's enough coming out that it's one entity? 
the she'en is explaining the nafkamin of the one entity. Why does Hashim then use the word ve'en, which sounds like it's coming to tell me a new item? Well, if you look in the Gemara, what Hashim's quoting, the Gemara actually quotes another practical nafkamin. Now, that was mentioned by one of our members. One of our members mentioned it. That what? You know what it means if it's one entity? Let's say you have a group of two. And uh, obviously, if one of the two is found to be a, a crook, he's a, he's, a, he's a gambler, he's a career gambler. So what's the law? He's disqualified, and the other guy's disqualified as well. They're a group. Once part of the group is disqualified, the whole group is disqualified. Similarly, if there's three, and one of them is disqualified, I might have said, all right, well, I don't need you anyway. I got two without him. No, you came as a group. And therefore, if one is, see, in the case of two witnesses where one is disqualified, okay, you got one left, so therefore, anyway, he's not he's worthless. Mashiachin, in the case of three, I might have thought, so one became a, a gambler. Okay, so get rid of him. No. Once you join together, you have now uh, electricity. You're all considered one. Even if it's 10. Though. So why, why, yes. If it's 10, it's come as a group, and one is disqualified, Boom. Wow. Yeah, you, they all get disqualified. Now, why, why would Rashi not give me that? Not Kamina. I mean, the Gemara gives both. It's not give three. Fine, Rashi will give the third one on the next page. But why, why, why does, why doesn't Rashi give me that? Now, why, why he jumps to Zomemi? So says the Seftah Kamim. We're reading Rashi wrong. Read Rashi like this. Period. It's one edut, and therefore, if one of them is nimsa karobu pasul, it's edut tahat, and therefore, it's knocked out. And number two, it's the second reason. We read this Ashi all our lives. We always thought that it's, it's all one. But if we all one that she would use the word she'en zomimim, the fact that it says ve'en, it's, I gave you something already. It's one entity. And whenever, whenever the Gemara wants to show you, it's, it's one entity, she'im nimsa bahem karovu pasul, they're out. That's, that's what she's telling you. Mm-hmm. And you want to know that's Hazama, which is a separate law, it's got to be done also by the whole group. So that's just a... Uh, 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 <coughs> that she's giving you the, 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 the Gemara, but you have to know how to read this. That she, that I would circle the Vav. That's a, yeah, yeah. That's who, a, who, I, who, who would have thought that that Vav over there? I, I would venture to say many people read this Sashi and they, they explain it wrong. If you, if, if you don't midayek that Vav, put it this way go ask all your friends that are Rashi that buffs, that learned the Pirashah with yeah. Rashi, and just tell them, uh, by the way, you read that Rashi Schneider, oh, I read it, I don't know, I don't know. How many reasons did Rashi bring? That, uh, that we can learn from a group of two and apply it to the group of three. They'll tell you, he mentioned one thing, Edim Sobimim. Roll, you know, like a X. So you don't know how to learn that she. That she didn't say She'en, he said Ve'en. He's giving you two things. He's saying just like a, a group of two is disqualified if one of them becomes Pasul, a group of three becomes as well. That's, bata, that's Katahat. Ve'en. And also, number two, another group, another group as well. All right, so that's, uh, that's that. Again, that, 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 that again just shows you how meduyak <coughs> that she was to the letter. I mean, he knew that there was between a ve'en and a she'en. <laughs> and he, he, he wrote a ve'en. I think the Gemara probably says she'en. I'm trying to look at the Gemara, but I'm just saying. It's uh, a good point. All right, now let's go to one more, uh, one more item. Okay, look at look at what it says over here. Oh, so we have over here at the end of the uh, at the end of the Fedasha, the war. Let's start with that. Let's go to uh, Pedic uh, twenty and uh, Pasuk Al, uh, chapter twenty. Don't mix it up with next week's Perasha. Don't mix it up. This is, uh, this is the World War I. <laughs> so, when you go out to war, 
על אויביך against your enemies. אוקיי, וראית סוס ורכב, אמרה, לא תדע, don't be afraid. כי השם אלוהיך עמך, השם is with you. המערכה מזוזיים, והיה כקרובכם אל המלחמה, when you will go out, get close to the war, וניגש לכהן, so the כהן comes out, the clergy, and he's the chaplain, as they call him, and he comes out and he gives a speech. You wouldn't think it's a time for a speech, but... Give a rabbi a pulpit, uh, it's always a time for a speech. Ve'amar alehem, Shema Yisrael. No, he's not saying Shema Yisrael. He's not saying we're in trouble. No, he's getting their attention. Shema Yisrael. Listen up, people. Listen up. You're going to war. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be worried. God's with you, to bring you to salvation. That's it. The Quran's finished. Now I'd like to introduce the, uh, the officer to give also a little, uh, little talk over here. Who is the, who is the man? Asher bana bayit hadash. Velo Hanako. Yeah, no. No, he just built the house, built he a new house. He didn't make the new house. He built a new home. Anybody built a new home? Yeah, you have you have an exemption. Maybe he'll die in the war and somebody else is gonna end up uh, inaugurating it. Why is he gonna die in the war exactly? Because he's in a war. But, but, but we just said that you don't, Jews don't die in war. Jews don't die in war. The only reason why you're going to die in a war is because you have a sin. And we're going to discuss that. That's the real war. We're going to discuss that guy in a minute. So if a guy has a sin, he's the only guy that should be worried. Even if it's a small sin, he should be concerned that Bishat Sakana, they get you on even uh, you know, misdemeanors and then technical fouls. So I got no problem why. The guy who was committing sin should be worried. But why? Just because he built a house. He's not a sinner. On his form, they write exemption, new house. He's got the new house exemption. So therefore, new house exemption, but he's a Sadiq. Even Sadiqim can live in new houses. So he's a Sadiq that has a new house. So therefore, he got, so the does, hey, listen, we're worried that you might die. Why should I die? Why should I die? I'm not, I'm not taking the... The, uh, the irreligious exemption, I'm taking the house exemption, the star exemption, and therefore, uh, not taking pictures. Again. That's a good question. Okay, let's go to the next guy. Who planted a garden? You didn't enjoy it yet. So you get the garden exemption. Why? Again, I don't, I, don't, I don't know a connection between somebody has a new garden that is more at risk. Uh, dying. What didn't he do to his garden? He didn't, he didn't eat from it yet, because the first four years you can't oh, eat from the, the fruit, fruit, so he didn't benefit from it yet. So therefore, garden exemption. Now, is this guy a good man or not a good He's a good man. He's no, a good no, man. No, He's a good man. He's a, no, 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 not in Jewish wars. Anything doesn't happen in Jewish wars. If, if you're a tzaddik, <clears throat> nothing happens right. to oh, you. Yeah? Yeah. We don't lose. Merits, merits. But it's So if you have Averot, that's a legal exemption, because you're scared you're going to die. But nobody should say, oh, I planted a garden, oh, I'm scared I'm going to die. We don't have any correlation right. proven from Harvard yet that people that plant gardens have a shorter lifespan than people that don't plant gardens. I would say if you plant a garden, you probably have a longer lifespan because it's a, it's a chill. Right. So the point is, the point is, why are they telling this guy also, Ben Yamut? Now, 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 now I, don't, I don't have a that question in the next person. The next person guy, I can explain. isha. A man that got engaged to a girl. Oh, you got engaged? Go home. Penyamut b'milchama. Because he'll fall on his sword. Because he doesn't want to go back to that, uh, that girl. Him, I understand why. He'll kill himself. Because he wants to get out of it. But that's, but that's, uh, that's my own interpretation. So, so again, he has an exemption also. And what's his exemption? Marriage. You know, I am, you know, how many wars can I fight at the same time? He's in a war already. I, I, he, can't, he, can't, he can't fight two fronts. He can't fight two fronts when he's fighting with his wife. So that's what he's accepting. Uh, I'm, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Fight per customer. Okay, fine. 
One battle. Okay. Now, after we get those exemptions, they continue, and now we get to the main guy. Although the Torah wants to hide him, but he is the main guy. They say, a guy who's a scary cat, the guy's afraid, faint hearted. Make everybody cry. Go home. Sounds like me. Now let's go slow. <laughs> let's go slow. We don't have to hate problems, though. No, let's go slow over here. Not a problem. Oh. What does it mean, obey scared? <clears throat> scared to die, maybe. Oh, so read Rashi. I know you, you jump into the Dirash. Rashi says, Rabbi Akiva Omer, Kemashma'o. What does Kemashma'o mean? Pshat. He's scared. He's scared of it all. Like He's a sadiq. The guy has all merits. He does everything good. But the guy's a scary cat. What do we mean? The war is scary. That she says, I mean, the guy can't see a, a sword. The guy's scared. Even if he's a sadiq. Of course, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about him. He's Yale because he's scared of the. I told you that before. He said merits, and you told me he's a Sadiq. He doesn't get hurt. Before you get to it, I'm going slow so you know how to learn. Right. Now, Now I'm asking a simple question. Without without Rashi. Without Rashi. What would you have thought? Whenever that she talks, he's coming to answer something. That <laughs> she doesn't have to talk unless there's something wrong over here. Now, when I'm reading the bazook, and the guy gets up and says, whoever's scared, go home. I, don't, I know exactly what that means. I know war is scary. I know that there's a lot of stuff that goes on over there, and I can imagine people get scared. And then when the bazook is saying something very logical, if you're scared, go home. And then she comes along and says, guess what? That's what it means. Ah, wow. <laughs> but that, that's what I thought it meant before you told me that. Now she has to come and tell me, you would have thought, you would have thought something else. You're wrong. It's this. But as she comes and tells me what we would have defaulted anyway to learn the Pasuk. Right. What do we all have learned without knowing the Gemara, Averot, put Averot on the side. It's already Adush Averot, put Averot on the side. Simple way you would learn the Pasuk. As is. As is. So never, what is it that she coming to to deal to deal with over here? So uh, the Lubavitcher Rebbe Alev Shalom in his analysis to this to this that she says that she was bothered with a very a very 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 strong question. Listen, out of all these exemptions over here. The new house exemption, the new garden exemption, the new wife exemption. I was okay. What's the most important of these exemptions for a war? Fear. The guy who's afraid because that affects performance. That, no, that affects everybody. If, if a guy builds a new house and ends up going to the war, okay, yeah. it's his problem. It's gonna hurt me. But if you got scaredy cats going to war, you're gonna. So shouldn't have that been the first. the first? The first thing, which is Rabotai. First things first. If you're scared, go home. Okay, now, okay, you, got, you built the house. I'll see you later. I mean, you gotta, you gotta I mean the, uh, shouldn't the Shotrim speak in order of priority? Yeah, you better than Bukkah. No, we're going to talk about, uh, how, and by the way, P.S., if you're scared, that's the first thing. If you're scared, you don't belong here. Why do they say the, 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 the secondary exemptions and then the main item, Harun, Harun, Habib, they leave it to, to the end. I'll ask you another question. I'll ask you another question. Maybe it goes without saying. Uh, uh, Mars, I'm asking a question. Just give me a second. I'll, 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 let, you, I'll, let, you, I'll let you. I'll let you talk in a minute. Okay. I spoke already. The, 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 you didn't say anything. <laughs> the, 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 the point is like this. We dealt with this guy already. We dealt with this guy already. The, 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 the Kohanim in, 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 in the beginning over here, they came along and they told them over here, listen, it's going to be scary. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on over here. 
Al tiru, al yerach, al this, al that. Hashem is with you. And there's nothing to be scared of. That's it. We, 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 we dealt with the scaredy cat guy. Now, we assume that if a guy's scared at that point, he goes, oh, I, this was mentioned already. Mentioned. Don't be scared. Now, if, if a guy at that point says, uh, I'm scared. Oh, well, sorry. Why do we even have to re- re- repeat something that already was the... You're repeating the first guy's speech. The Kohen already dealt with the scaredy cats. <clears throat> Don't be afraid. Now, why is he saying that? Because he sees the guy there shaking. Mm. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Get out of here. Go. To fight this so he can't be afraid. Okay, now, now, now we're going to turn it over to the Shotir. And he says, whoever's afraid... I did that already. Let's go, go, go to the house exemptions already. That's my speech. What are you, Shnai Mikrav what, 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 what are you repeating my, uh, my, my Diraj? So, says the Rebbe, must be what the first guy was talking about is not what the second guy is talking about. Mm-hmm. There's two parts of a war. There's the actual war itself, which is scary, by the way. The battlefield is scary. I mean, there's dead bodies all over the place. There's blood. That's, uh, that's the, real, the real fear that a person could have. But guess what? The aftermath. No. Oh. The pre-myth. The pre-myth. Just the fact that when the soldiers line up and they're about to go out to war, that already... You know, when you see, when you see, when you see the soldiers start you know, to, to march like that, and you say, whoa, what, what am I doing over here? I didn't even get to the war. I, I, we didn't even see the enemy yet. You, you're afraid of your own people. You're afraid, you're afraid of the, the matzah. That, that, the first guy wasn't talking about that. Mm-hmm. And he proves it. Because what does, what does that she say? Don't be afraid. Let's stop right there. I know what kemashma'o means. Don't be afraid of the war. Why does she have to continue to tell me what are we talking about? What is the fear? Again, when she says kemashma, what does it mean? What it means? The war. Don't, don't be afraid. I don't want to be. Don't be afraid of the war. Then she says, no, 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 no. A specific element of the war. And what is that? That's talking about when, when they blow the whistle and all of a sudden all the army pulls out their swords. We didn't start anything yet. Everybody said, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So it's a different, it's a different item. It's not the same thing that the first one was. The first guy saying, if you're squeamish and you cannot go out to war and see blah, blah, blah. But there's another guy that's saying, he can't even get out of the gate. He already sees all these soldiers over there standing, the and standing next to each other, you know, in single file, and everybody's pulling out. He's, oh. He's afraid of his own side. He didn't get to the other side yet. And that's what that she's, and that's why the Rebbe says, they mention it at the end because that's when that happens. After now they say forward march. So right before they start, that's the last thing you mentioned because that's the fear we're talking about, and that usually will happen at the end of the. So again, learn how we're learning that she. The question that as she was bothered with is twofold. Number one, it was mentioned already, and number two, why are you saying the most important thing to the end? Answer is, it wasn't mentioned. Here we're talking about he's afraid of the last preparation before they go out to war. And since it's the last preparation, it's mentioned at the end. Since it's the last preparation. He goes through everyone in the first time. It says it, it's their, their horses, their chariots. That's this, all this, the stuff on the battlefield. Every single one of the But as she over here says, no. They take out their swords. That they do right before they go out. Oh. And, and therefore, it should be mentioned at the end because until he sees that, he's all right. <laughs> but therefore, now you're okay, about die. You, you go home because of this, you go because of that. And now it's okay. About die, we're ready to go. Shoot. Anybody get scared of that? I did. You go home. You go home. In the beginning. And he explains the mashma'ut. So, I'm going no, because that's when this happens. This event. Oh, it happens. I thought you said pre. No, uh, no, yes. Yes, everybody line up. We're about to go out now. Okay, so. That's when that talk is meant. First, we're exempting everybody else. House exemption. God exemption. Now they say, all right, Rabbi Sai, take out your swords. Forward march. Anybody scared of that? I'm scared of that. Go home. Go home.
I mean, listen, if we're going to learn every day, she like this in homage. Uh, the, 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 we no, take apart the no, whole. No, right, there's no need to open up another book here. We're not going to have time to learn anything else. It's just, it's just, 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 just trying to pull apart one, one that she, it's like a whole, uh, it's all story. So then, so then he comes along. Mark says, fine. Uh, that's a great shot. But then she brings us a second shot. Now, that she will only bring us a second shot if he had a problem with his first shot. So well, what's the second shot? Let's just read it inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy's afraid because he has Averot. Okay. Averot Shabiyado. It it doesn't say Averot. If it just said Averot, I would have thought Averot maybe federal crime. Even what he has. Because it doesn't have to be a federal crime. Because Bishat Sakana, time of Sakana, they can get you even the on Satan a... Satan can get you on a little thing. Exactly. Exactly. That's why. Averot Shabiyado. Meaning even the things that he has that are not... If you just said Sab Averot, you would think, oh, shit, maybe the guy's a murderer or the guy's committing some sort of uh, serious stuff. His, his personal stuff he has. Yeah, stuff that he didn't, he didn't, he didn't uh, repent on. He doesn't feel that he cleaned it up. Now she starts talking. What's that she talking? She says, Now I understand why the Torah gives the other exemptions. House exemption, garden exemption, wife exemption. In order to cover up for the sinner, to save the face of the sinner, which means what's going to happen over here? The guy's going to go home now, not because he's scared. Okay, guy's scared, that's not so embarrassing. He's scared, you go home. But over here, if your guy's going home because he's a sinner, Torah likes to protect the, not only the innocent, but Torah likes to protect the guilty. Even as a guilty, mm. but that doesn't mean we're allowed to, you know, so humiliate the guy. And therefore, for example, when you used to go to the Beit Hamikdash, on the same line that you would stand for Korban Hatat, you would stand for Korban Ola. So, ah. no, so no, nobody knew what you were bringing. Nobody knows. That special line. All, all sinners, sinners go to the left. And uh, my guy says, hey, "Could you tell me where the Korban Hatat line is?" If they take a picture selfie of the guy, the guy says, and then tomorrow they put it on Facebook. And this guy, I saw him in the Beit Hamikdash. He was on the Hatat line over there. And therefore, wounds the Shidduchim for his kids forever. No more Shidduchim. There goes the Shidduchim. I'm I was there. He was on the Hatat line over there. And the guy, the guy's a deadbeat. The guy's Ma'alul Shabbat. But it's Shogeg. I'm not interested. I'm not a want Shogeg for my family. We're not a Shogeg family. And so, so therefore, they, put, they they mix them up with with with, with the other groups. So when they take the picture, he could say, I was bringing it all out. Okay, so that has to do with the house? Oh, so, so therefore, to protect the sinner, so that she says all those other exemptions were shills. It's a shill. It's, 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 a, it's a fake. Because why? We don't know why the sinner is leaving now, because for all we know, maybe he built a house. Beautiful. Maybe he uh, you know, just planted a garden. Maybe he got here. We don't know. So therefore, when you see a bunch of guys walking off the field, he's mixed up uh, in there over there, and therefore, uh, nobody knows. We, we, we protect the uh, unbelievable. Even the guilty. Exactly. To protect the, 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 the dignity of the sinner. Adkadekaktatura is so sensitive. Kava home, we have to protect the dignity of the good people. The Torah is protecting the dignity of the, of the bad guys. Oh, now, a simple question. Why, why does she feel it necessary in this Rashi, although it's a beautiful Hadush, to give me that point? Rashi, you're trying to explain to me, what is it? So you give me a new shot. means whoever's afraid of their sins. Beautiful. Now, it happens to be a nice dirash, and that's why they do the others to cover the. But that's got nothing to do with the Pshat and the Pasuk. It happens to be a nice point. And by the way, and by the way, if Rashi wanted to tell me that, tell it to me when, when you give me those exemptions. We're only giving you those exemptions because of the sin of the Right, Oh, these exemptions? Oh, you're going to see. It's only because... No, he waits until he introduces the second shot on a pasuk that I don't need this seemingly for the shot of the pasuk. And then he throws it in. I'm not, I'm not against Rashi giving me one for him. I love it. But again, if we want to be technical with Rashi's purposes... His purpose is not to give me, uh, you know, interesting information. Leave that for the other authors. You can't take everything. 
So the way the Rebbe explains it, based on where we learned it, it's very good. Because what was it as she trying to answer? That she was trying to answer, why is this last? Why is it last? So in the first shot, why is it last? It's because, that's the, uh, you know, that, 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 that's, that's when it happens. That's when it happens. Right. That's when it gets good. Okay, but if you're learning, why should it be last? Shot is to protect the innocent because if you're going to make this out, whoever has Averot go, he walks oh, over. Hey, he's got Averot. Oh, so I got to put him at the end in order to protect him. Oh, so he's answering nice. the same question. <laughs> and furthermore, so he has to tell me that. Uh-huh. Wow. His whole point why he jumped <laughs> in the front of him, it's an important item. Why? I'll tell you why it's last. Yeah. Yeah. It's last yeah. because <laughs> yeah, you have no choice. Wow. I have no choice about it. Double. I got to protect him. Yeah. I got to protect him. So that's. That's a, 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 a that's a beautiful and, and, and what bothered what bothered Rashi in the first shot. We'll conclude with this was is in the first shot. Where it sounds like that you have to say for, the, for it to make sense is that they made these speeches at different points, which means the exemption for the house and then whoever went home went home, and then later twenty minutes later they did, and therefore uh, 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 by the time they got to the last announcement, that's right before the war. But it's not much. It's much that they did it all together. It's much that the speech was made together. So why should he be more fearful 10 seconds before or 10 seconds later? <coughs> it's like a little doha. So then when she introduces the second shot in order to it's explain you that, no, it's referring to Averot. And therefore, since he has Averot, even misdemeanors, we have to be concerned. And that's why he put it at the end in order to protect her. And then for this says she then is Isha Mikomo.